0: Welcome to Divine Throughline. I'm Srimati, sometimes known as Julie Pyatt, and I'm here to share with you musings and perspectives on what it really truly means to live a life divine. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hey tribe, welcome to the pod. I have a very special edition podcast for you this week. I'm super excited and honored to share uh, the music of world-renowned artist, Kobe. Kobe, spelled C-O-B-I, is a beautiful soul with a heartfelt intention for uplifting humanity. His music has its roots in R&B and gospel and also has a very strong connection to nature and spirituality. His new EP, Songs from the Ashes, Part 2, features his new hit single, Church of the Lonely. Kobe performed his debut song, Don't You Cry For Me, on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, and this track topped the charts of Spotify. It's also one of the highest streaming tracks on Sirius XM's spectrum chart, surpassing 30 million streams to date. In the wake of an increase in recent mass shootings, Kobe and his music inspired a peace discussion between faith leaders. Love leader and activist, Reverend Felicia Helen Parazader, Muslim women's leader, Saraya Dean. Venerable Shanta Sobhana, a revered Buddhist monk. Priest Krishna Samudraya of the Malibu Hindu temple. Said Gale, founder of Peace for Kids. Reverend Michael Beckwith, founder of Agape Spiritual Center. Elon Davidson, cantor of Temple Beth-El, and yours truly, Srimati Incension Guide. We gathered on the patio of the Malibu Hindu Temple, the same temple where Kobe filmed the music video for his new release, Church of the Lonely. A white wolf named Damu makes an appearance in the music video. And I just wanted to mention that this wolf is from Project Wild Song, which is dedicated to wolf Preservation. The first conversation is between Kobe and me, and that'll be directly followed by the complete and unedited version of the Faith Leader discussion. As always, refer to my Instagram feed for the links and social info for the Faith Leaders and where you can stream Kobe's music and watch his video. All right, man. So, Kobe, thanks for coming to Jive. Yeah, thanks for having me. so cool to have you here. Yeah, thanks
1: for having me in this amazing place. Oh,
0: you're so welcome. So, before we begin, I wanted to start by pouring you a a bowl of Pu'er tea. Yes. So, this is ancient-age tea. It's from tea trees that are hundreds of years old. And so, in this tradition, it's said that the trees carry the messages through uh, the leaves of the tea. Okay. And as trees are really the ultimate community masters, right? Mm-hmm. They take care of each other. Even, you know, the roots feed other species. They, you know, they really know how to be in community. I thought it would be really great for us just to share a bowl together. That
1: sounds lovely. All right, cool. All
0: right, so this is actually from Living Tea. just want to give a shout out to my friend Colin Hudon. And we're going to drink, this is called Gateway of Spirit. This is a wild purple tea. And this is a tea that was cultivated by a Zen Buddhist uh, monk named Wuda, who's a super good friend of ours. He's actually from Cleveland. Oh, wow. And found his way uh, to Taiwan. And he has an ashram that's called Global uh, Tea Hut. And you can apply and go live there for three weeks and learn about tea. Oh, wow. That's incredible. So they have a community program that you can subscribe to. It's like only 20 bucks a month. And they send you one of these special teas and then a beautiful magazine that's all like sustainably done with, you know, organic dyes. And Uh it's all about the tradition of tea. Oh, very cool. Anyway, you got to check him out. Very cool. Uh, It's just a beautiful practice. I find it to be incredibly applicable, you know, because Mm -hmm. there's no dogma. There's no head. There's nobody to follow. And again, it's connecting us back to nature, which I think is a, a super natural powerful medium. And I, and I've noticed this in your videos. So talk to me about your use of nature, because as I was, you know, watching all your amazing videos, you, you have a love of nature and I can see yeah, that. Yeah, so absolutely.
1: Well, I, I grew up very close to nature uh, in Northern Minnesota. So, I mean, I, I basically grew up in the woods, um, just a few miles away from the Boundary Waters, which uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with the Boundary Waters, it's Um, it's land designated for, um, no, no motor vehicles can enter. Um, if you want to go, you have to hike or canoe in a lot of times you're portaging with, with a canoe and you have to take out everything you bring in. And it's a really powerful place because it's about as close to being in pure nature as you can really get. And, uh, that's really right where I grew up. So, um, You know, and then I left uh, as a teenager, I left to move into the city. And uh, it's just something that's always stuck with me.
0: It's so beautiful. Yeah. I see that. I mean, I see that your choice in your songs and your videos is, has been in a a few of them to really showcase sort of nature is the star. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's so beautiful. You know, thank you. Um, But yeah, releasing music video this week that I'm very excited about as well. Beautiful. Yeah. I saw
0: it. It's extraordinary. Yeah. Super amazing. Yeah. Thank so you for recommending
1: the, that um, <laughs> that amazing location. Hindu temple. Yeah.
0: yeah. So I mean, just to get into how Kobe and I came to be sitting in each other's presences today. It's Rich and I were at this retreat and as a giveaway for a book release, we wanted to give away one free spot. And it's a very high-end experience and not available to everyone. And much to my delight, uh, the person who won was this beautiful chef, Chloe, from Chloe's Clean Cuisine. Oh. And she's from New Jersey.
1: Oh, okay.
2: Yeah. Isn't she from
0: Jersey, right? I Am I think, right? Yeah, that sounds Somewhere. about right. I mean, East Coast. Let's yeah. say East Coast. So anyway, I was. Um, it was my birthday in July. I was going through an inner uh, sort of off-grid experience. I actually went off social media for five months. I didn't know it was going to be that long, but I just felt very inclined to go in uh, to gather some information and get some guidance and direction. I was feeling really a need to be discerning about what is shared. I was feeling the immensity of the electronic garbage dump mm. that is, you know, and I was like, okay, like, are we really helping? Is this really helpful? You know, is it, you know, so I took that time and then my birthday fell during those months and I was unclear whether I was going to celebrate. And then Chloe sent me an Instagram and said, Hey, I'm going to be in LA. And I thought, Hey, she could, she could cook. She could chef for me. Uh-huh. So I invited her to do that, and she brought Jacob, your manager, yeah, yeah. who I had no idea. And the way this all came about, and this is why I'm telling this story, is that Guru Singh uh, was actually uh, one of the guests at, at my birthday party, and we got into a very deep, thoughtful conversation with my other friend Tamara and my other friend June, and we were talking about the need to connect with the youth in a, mm. In a real way, mm-hmm. like not in a not in an old person, young person way, but in a real way. And so we were having this very passionate conversation. and uh, and little did I know that you were interested in the same subject, and you were, you know, creating this music with that intention. And so that was the link that brought Jacob mm. uh, to connect with me. Yes. And unfortunately, Guru Singh's uh, schedule didn't allow him to be part of this collaboration. Yeah, we were trying to
1: collaborate with him a little bit, but that's okay. You know, sometimes that's...
0: So I just wanted to mention him. He was actually at the Golden Temple in India, uh, so he couldn't couldn't even be at the interfaith conversation. Uh, But anyway, I knew that the Hindu temple was an amazing location and i'm so thrilled that you were able to shoot there Yeah. so tell me all about it how was it
1: um well you know it's it's funny how how things like that can kind of come together um you know when we were kind of planning and talking about the video and the concept of the song and um a lot of ideas just being thrown out at that stage of the game you never really know how it's going to end up and you know you Luckily, I have a really great team of people I work with. This, you know, when it comes to the videos and stuff like that, so um, we're all collaborating and throwing in different ideas. And it's just funny how you get from point A to point B. And and um, when we finished the video and I, we saw it, it was just like, wow! I was just it's it's you couldn't plan it. Like, I mean, I don't know how everybody else is going to feel about it, but Amazing. how I felt about it was you know, it was just a really amazing experience to be, to have those people there, uh, to be working and collaborating with those people and to be able to be in that space was just had a really powerful vibe to it. It was magic. So, um, yeah. So when something like that happens, you know, it doesn't necessarily matter, you know, what happens after that. It's just that moment happened and it was really special, you know? So, and, and hopefully it gets to be shared with a lot of different people and get to be spread. And, that in itself carries a, um, a positive energy and a blessing to hopefully to whoever watches it, hopefully they can pick up on that, you know, that message of positivity and uh, that blessing. Yeah, absolutely,
0: Absolutely. and how everything is so intricately and sort of organically connected. So there's a wolf who makes an appearance in the yeah. video. So tell me about that.
1: Um, well, we wanted to get an animal in the video and, you know, we were throwing out different ideas like a Black Panther or something like that, things that would look, you know, look very powerful and, and be, be very cool. Um, and uh, we couldn't have a, they wouldn't allow a animal inside the temple for sacred reasons. Um, and we were like, well, what about maybe a wolf? And then uh, we went out to have lunch after this meeting. And as soon as we were leaving lunch, there was a wolf across the street. so you know just a wolf a white wolf and so we went up to the owner and we talked to the owner about it and stuff like that and um we ended up getting the wolf in the video. That's so cool. Yeah, so. And is
0: it, is it like an organization for preservation yeah, or something like that? Yeah.
1: Um, okay.
0: Do you know the names you remember? Gosh, I'll put I, it in I the show notes. Yeah. yeah Jake, don't worry about Jacob
1: was the yeah, one yeah, who yeah. coordinated most of that that's stuff. That's so cool. So um, I, I should know, but I don't. It.
0: I'm going to find it. Yeah. So that's so cool. Um, so the, this whole experience and it, it's also as a fellow artist, it's what I loved about what you just shared is that, you know, again, it's like, you're really in the moment, you're in the process of the creative process. Yeah, totally. And it's the the process that brings the magic. Exactly. Yeah.
1: The process it's, it's, and you're just, you're just there to serve the process, Mm. you know, it's Mm. not really you creating Mm. it. You're just there to kind of serve Mm. the, serve the process of, of everything happening on its Mm. own.
0: That's beautiful. You know, when, Uh, I saw the video and it's really extraordinary, quite beautiful. Thank you. And the song is just extraordinary. I mean, your music is beautiful, 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 just amazing. So everybody's going to just freak out and love it. Um, I wanted to give you a sort of little multidimensional perspective on the video because the colorization of the temple came out aqua Uh and in my work as an interdimensional uh, incension guide yeah uh, the the frequency of the feminine is aqua and oh, it wow. is called the mother arc oh, and wow. so your video is is seeped is really permeated in that frequency it and so, really
1: is yeah and I think by total coincidence that we were shooting it the day before. The um, feminine festival, um, the Hindu festival. Oh,
0: it's Navratri. So yeah. yeah, it was the day before, and that's right. And the the priest at the Hindu temple, he he was like, "Well, let me let me feel into this." I think when you guys presented this to him, uh-huh. and then he said, "Actually, it is appropriate." You know, it normally wouldn't be appropriate to film a music video at a temple. Sure. However, because of your music, your vibration, um, he saw that synchronicity because it was in fact, the day of the, the start of Navratri, which is the celebration of, of, you know, the goddess, yeah, so the feminine, yeah, so yeah. it was kind of and divine see, these, timing. These are
1: things we were not planning <laughs> and it just kind of <laughs> happened on their own, you know, and that's what kind of makes it's it so special. Cool. It's
0: so, so, so yeah. cool. So tell me about, um, your perspective about spirituality, like how were you raised? Uh, you know, like, let's go back a little bit
1: yeah. and um, see. Well, i was raised um you know my mother was kind of raised me to be pretty open spiritually um she we grew up in a really small town for one thing and so there wasn't a lot of different options for you know um different religions or whatever there's there was christianity and there was uh catholicism and there was lutherans and and that was pretty much it. That in was my your town. that was your buffet. That was kind of the buffet as far as like our religious choices were could go is you know in my town. But my mom was always really open about different stuff and would give me different books on on things and uh, Carlos Castaneda books mm. and stuff like that. So mm. it got me intrigued into other other ideas and other religions. Um, but I guess I was raised Lutheran, but my mom was always like, well, you can make your own choice on what you want to do. But mm-hmm. I just wanted to introduce you to something so you had some sort of a base. And um, I I hated going to church. <laughs> I didn't like it at all because uh, it was something I was kind of had to do until I was about 12 years old. And then I got confirmed as a Lutheran. And, um, once I did that, my mom was like, okay, you can make your own choice now. And I was like, I choose Never to stay going home again. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like around that time, um, you know, I was about 10, 10, years old where I really started getting pretty deep into music. And that's what I, I knew I wanted to do that at a pretty young age. So, um, I would say that music was really the first thing that, that hit me, uh, and introduced me to my spirituality um, more than anything. I mean, your spirituality is always there, right? But as you're becoming more aware of yourself and as a young adult and, you know, your ideas and what you experiences and your beliefs, music was the one thing that really um, had me explore different cultures, different, um, uh, different frequencies, different, you know, um, musical styles and in doing that you get to know little bits and pieces about those cultures and their religions and stuff like that. And I remember reading a book called Zen Guitar, uh, which was a really cool book. That sounds book. like a
0: book I need to read.
1: Yeah, it was a really <laughs> cool book and it was it's really just about the philosophy. It's kinda like the it was a take off the Zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance. Have you ever read that book? No.
0: Okay, that's probably won't. really popular I probably book. won't read that one. <laughs> um,
1: but it's just about, you know your intention when you pick up the instrument and like how powerful that is in itself, in itself. Mm, mm. And, um, that's like the Zen of it. So, and as I kind of got deeper and deeper into music, um, you know, I realized that music is really my religion. I I don't, yeah, I don't, I'm not a religious person at all, Mm. but I am very, um, aware and in touch with my spiritual side for sure. And it's uh, largely because of music and it's the frequencies and the vibrations, uh, from music that, that kind of has hit me and, and opened up that eye and for, for me.
0: So. Yeah. Well, and it's apparent and, and as a singer, I mean, you're so merged and so fully, um, embodied in your voice.
1: Yeah, and that the voice was like the really my first instrument. Um and I remember being a really young kid and humming and singing all the time and my parents kind of thought I was there was something a little wrong with me cuz I just hummed all the time and um and thinking back in that I remember it was just like the vibration in my throat that I was so um just kind of in, intrigued with and before I could even speak words. it was just that vibration in my throat that really was something that you know it's just kind of me waking up, I guess in a way.
0: That's so beautiful and and so what do you how do you feel about taking that awareness And you're probably already in this awareness but this is something that I'm really playing with right now and really embodying is really understanding that this physical dress or this this mechanism that we our spirits are living in are truly like these, incredibly uh expansive multi-dimensional instruments They're they can be instruments of of all kinds of uh out of body experiences Mm, or multi experiences and when i see you sing I i see you're connecting at this very 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 deep level how how is your body as instrument in that way
1: uh that's a good question um And I guess it kind of brings me back to my my point about not being a religious person or or not really um, worshiping a deity or a God, because I feel that we are all God. I am a part of God. I am God. And so are you. And everything is God and everything that has any kind of awareness or vibration is a part of God actualizing and realizing itself. So in a way, our bodies and our our instruments and the gift of being able to create with our hands or everything is that divine power that we're connected to through God. So that's a big reason why I don't, you know, I feel like religions, people often get the wrong idea of religion and take them very literally. Whereas I don't think they're meant to be taken so literally, I think it's meant to be a, an exploration of the self and the self being God
0: yeah absolutely because if you
1: see God within yourself, you can see God within everybody else and you can see God within everything. so and God is a funny word because it gets it gets the wrong idea sure, you know what I mean yeah, but really it's just, God is our, God is consciousness and and oh self-awareness. Yes, awareness. And and the expansion of the universe and the expansion of our own consciousness and our own awareness is the expansion of God, it's him itself, yes. which is in which is internal and in everything.
0: And infinite.
1: And infinite and um parallel pa- parallel realities and yes. everything. Yes. You know, yes. so so it's pretty beautiful. far out stuff. It's pretty amazing. But <laughs> no, but you're right on. But and that's, I, where I, that's where that's where that's where my spirituality is. You know.
0: Yeah, and I'm I'm right there with you. Uh-huh. Uh, I I feel that this is this is a very important awareness to share. You know, and and I know with my listeners and people that come to me for you know to work with me and and uh, you know it's there's a lot of baggage that's wrapped up in these religions, yeah. right? Systems. And guilt. Yeah, mm-hmm. And
1: this guilt thing that mm-hmm. religion puts yeah. on you, especially Christianity, mm-hmm. you know, and
0: or that you couldn't be, you couldn't be an or yeah, or You're not God. worthy right. to
1: be God. Right. You're not worthy of that. Right. He is something above you that you will never be. Yes. I don't buy, that's you know, not I don't buy that. I think yes. that's not the way. That's not the way to enlightenment at all. Yeah. You know? So
0: now is the moment, which is this beautiful moment that we're sitting together at this time because... Um, I've been sharing, you know, this is not like anything that's ever happened in history. This is a moment of expansion that is available to us. And it starts with recognizing the divinity within your own being. Um, And I spoke about this during the uh, interfaith talk, this was what I shared. I shared about really being able to receive this is divine first, because if you understand as the first step that you are God, then you would know intrinsically that everything else is as well. Mm -hmm. And so it starts, uh, I'm always sharing like, you know, we can't solve this from like, the 15th step, like, let's go uh, to the beginning. Uh-huh. Let's just address the beginning and yeah. then let it filter down. Yeah. So I think this is a, a, a freedom also, a, an, an immense freedom to know who you are, to know that the human being is divine, yeah. to know that the human being has an empathy that is, you know, eternal and infinite and so much capacity. And when I see an artist like you expressing at your level with the the lyrics, the words, the vibration, and the, art, the artistry, the level of mastery that you're expressing, it makes me smile because I have this vision that it's the art that's going to transform the world. Like As we touch into our creativity, as mm-hmm. we understand how powerful we are as artists, whether it's painting or singing or dancing or really just yeah. anything that you do. But what I want to talk a little bit about or, or bring into the field right now is this um, this intent, the subject of intention. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because you're obviously creating with intention. And so speak to me a little bit about intention, uh, in your work and maybe specifically with this track, with Mm -hmm. your title
1: track that's coming out. Well, whenever I sit down to create any kind of music, um, my intention is always just to kind of try to connect to that piece, you know, that piece of, um, uh, that that divine peace or that the divine consciousness and let it kind of just work through me you know that's always the intention whatever the message ends up being is usually not my doing mm-hmm. it's usually just happens through collaboration or through um you know luck or through the muse mm-hmm. you know so um, the intention is always just to try to connect to that and try yeah. to connect to the muses and and, and let that creativity kind of happen on its own.
0: It's beautiful. Yeah. And so it's kind of like the presence of the tea, like by being present and aware you're yeah. present and available to it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so Rather
0: than going in with a, with a mental idea or exactly. like this would be a hit song. Or, yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. I, d- I don't find that to be, um, a fun way to make music. <laughs> Some people, you know, will sit down and just like, Oh, I'm going to write a funny thing or whatever. But I, I have the most, I get the most excited when that's happening, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and I, that's when I feel most connected mm-hmm. uh, as Beautiful. just spiritually, right. you know, that's when I feel the most spiritually connected that's for sure, really when that is happening. So. That's amazing. Uh,
0: so you've been involved with peace and young people, you know, in different, avenues, I mean, definitely through your music, but also talk to me a little bit about uh, Peace for Kids and your friendship with
1: uh, yes, uh, Peace this for kids. tribe of, of guys very, that you're connected very to. Very, very powerful um, community there. Mm-hmm. And I was fortunate enough to kind of stumble upon as I, as I moved out to Los Angeles. Uh, Jacob, who you mentioned earlier, my manager, is um, one of the volunteer coordinators down there at Peace for Kids, and he works really closely with Zaid, who is the director of Peace for Kids. Uh, Zaid Gale and um, Jacob was one of the first people I met moving out here, and he was one of the first people I really connected with and became you know pretty close friends with. And through our friendship, we kind of started working together, uh, and and now he's my manager on the project. So um, and he goes above and beyond that that title often. <clears throat> so um, he, when I met him, he. That's his main, that's his main, uh, at least right now, for now, that's his main purpose is working at Peace for Kids. And he was the one who kind of brought me in and got me involved. And I started volunteering down there. And it's just a really powerful community of people.
0: That's amazing. Sure. Yeah. And what is it that you guys do? Like, just give me a little background on uh, Well, the well Peace for
1: Kids um, is a place uh, where foster youth all come together and they can all be under one roof. Mm. And it's a place where... They can have some normalcy normalcy, um, in their lives where they're often bouncing around from home to home, different, Mm -hmm. different foster homes, different foster parents and different foster families. And, you know, when they go to school, they might not feel as, you know, welcome there or as at home with some of those people there who are who have families that they're with all the time. So it's a place where they can all come together. And always have that space where it's a safe place for them to express themselves, learn from each other, learn things, and volunteers like myself can come in and you know share their different experiences with them, and in turn get a lot, a lot back.
3: That's beautiful. Yeah. And
1: every time I've ever gone to volunteer, I, I I get way more out of it than I ever put in. <laughs> right. You know. Right.
2: Yeah. It's just
0: so beautiful. Yeah. It's amazing. So circling back to your music. The title track of the album is?
2: Church
1: of the Lonely. Church of the Lonely. Yeah. and the
0: But the album, it's a part one, part two, right? So explain um, to me yeah. that. Yeah,
1: well, there's, it's kind of, it's the album. Music is funny these days. Not... Uh, I So far, i released two EPs, two three-song EPs and a couple singles. Okay. And the two EPs are kind of just leading into the full-length album, I suppose. Um, that's kind of set to come out earlier this year, mm-hmm. early this next year. And uh, the title of the EP and of the albums has been Songs from the Ashes. So there's been Songs from the Ashes Part 1, Songs from the Ashes Part 2, and maybe there'll be Songs from the Ashes album. I'm not sure yet. Um, But that title was inspired by um, a book I read called Iron John by Robert Bly. I haven't read it. Are you familiar with Robert Bly? He's a poet uh, from Minnesota. And um, the book Iron John is about um, is about manhood and that transition from being a boy into a man. And the book, Iron John, Iron John is a character in the book that is a, he calls him the wild man who's like covered in crazy hair and he is out in the wild, out in the wilderness, um, living with no rules out of society. And that's really just a metaphor for that part of our psyche. Of, of ourselves that is like that hairy, crazy, uh, you know, caveman, part of ourselves from, part of our psyche from thousands and thousands of years ago, that's still a part of our psyche. And um, and this wild man f- is is getting this boy who's been, this boy's growing up under, under his family in these wall, these castle walls, very secluded, very um, protected. And the wild man stumbles into the castle and kidnaps the boy and takes him out into the wilderness. And through this wilderness experience with the wild man, he learns how to become a man. And part of the the part of Songs from the Ashes is, uh, Robert Bly says, in order to become a man, you have to, um, that inner child has to die. And you have to go through a stage, usually in a man's 30s, where they seek out extreme grief. And that's when they realize, um, and that's what well that's when they really become a man is when they experience that deep inner grief. Mm-hmm. Right. So and that's what the ashes are. Mm-hmm. It's like going to the ashes, going to the things that that um you know have burned down in your life and that you have to go revisit or or overcome or and or just be in that state of grief. And it goes further to say um, grieving and praising are really like the same thing. So when you're grieving something that's lost, you're like, you're, you're feeding that spirit of something or someone that's gone. Right. And when you're praising it, you're also feeding that spirit. Um, and it's really kind of they're intertwined. Mm-hmm. So the songs are my songs that come out in my life are, are all, are all things or all, you know, events that have happened in my life. And, and that's just where the album's coming from. It's just that place of, of going into that pain and, and just letting it out, mm. so.
0: Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. So I call that uh, our sacred moments. And when we're being dismantled is when we're on our knees is when the beauty is being born, being uh-huh. cultivated. And yeah. so I always say that if you're really blessed, you'll be dismantled at least once in your life yeah. and it will bring you to your knees yeah. and then there will be the rising up out of the yeah, ashes. Totally, so totally. yeah, totally. I totally, totally get it. Yeah. And yeah, I feel that in your music, you can feel the the truth of it, You know, uh, uh, the connection to it um, and that energy. And that is very, very transformative for the listener and for people that... You know, have that experience and come into contact with your yeah, your, your music. Yeah, yeah. So. a lot
1: of people, most people, will experience those things. Yeah, i so pretty much. It's yeah. kind of human design yeah. life, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And as a matter of fact, Robert Bly says if you s- try to skip over that phase of your life, it will come and hit you much harder later in your mm. 40s or 50s, and you'll just, you know, midlife crisis. Sure. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure, so sure. yeah.
0: So, um, that's beautiful. Thank you. So, uh, uh, so you recently became a daddy. I did. And, uh, so tell me how about
1: (laughs) grieving and praising.
0: (laughs) So talk to me about that experience. And, and, uh, you know, like (laughs) I, I told you I'm a mom of four and raised five and, you know, Harry's sitting here producing my nephew who lived with us for years. Um, yeah, it's like, sometimes I look at the world and I'm a little bit, um, I I have a pause. Like yeah. wow, like whoa. Like I'm kind of bowing down to you right now. <laughs> that you just became a daddy now. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, how what are your what are your intentions for is it your daughter, for, for that, your daughter, yeah, my daughter and yeah. And like, how do you see, like, what is your, what is the call to action? What is the call to, you know, what is our responsibility? This is something that Mm. we talked about in the interfaith discussion a fair amount is what is our responsibility, um, you know, as humans, as, as young people, um, I think a lot of the, a lot of the, the hope and the, really the awareness, I wouldn't even say hope because it's the awareness and it's the power Mm -hmm. is in, is in the young people. Sure. So speak to me a little bit about that.
1: Um, well, that's, uh, that's a work in progress. <laughs> yeah, that's a good answer. <laughs> I don't have the answers to that I yet. I won't
0: hold you to anything you say here.
1: Mm. But I will say, you know, I think um, you know, they're the obvious responsibilities of, uh, you know, <laughs> having ones. to take care of the child and, yeah. you know, make sure that it's happy and healthy or you're doing your best job doing that um but other than that it's, it's a thing right it's, it's just but, yeah, 24/7 I don't, I don't think it has to be much deeper than just being pure love that's pretty deep you know i don't think it really has to be much anything crazier than that or like well we have to teach them this or we have to teach them that i mean life is going to unfold the way it unfolds you know and you can try to teach somebody something a, a million different times but they're going to learn it in their own way in their own time so i think as parents, we're just here to, to love and support our children more than anything else.
0: You're so on my page. You don't even know. (laughs) So yeah, I unschooled my kids, uh, which is kind of it's very radical, actually. Um, homeschool? Do you say? Unschool. Unschool. I'm, I'm taking it one click beyond oh, okay. school. <laughs> so originally, what I wanted to do it, you know, my husband, uh, he's you know Stanford educated and was a lawyer and you know very systematic, and I'm very just like feeling everything out in the moment uh-huh. and. And so I had said, you know, I I want to homeschool, you know, the girls, my boys were older at the time and and he, he was like, you, you can't teach school. You know, that was kind of Uh his, but I was like, no, no, no. I was like, if I homeschool, the whole point is just to be in life with them. I mean, why Uh did I have these kids? And in my experience, also they came in pretty differently wired, which I think a lot of the, a lot of babies are coming in and they're just like, they're like, yeah, I'm not going to do what you tell me to do. Oh yeah. My
1: daughter's already doing that. She's only (laughs) seven months old.
0: <laughs> so in a way it's like they are leading they're leading the they're leading the path yeah. they're they're leading how it's going to sure. unfold and you know here I had I had sort of raised two boys um, and they were pretty easy and pretty simple and sort of just did you know the normal things that you know go to bed at seven and then I gave birth to these girls that just you know wouldn't go to bed till 1 am just like sure. there's nothing that I could do about it so what I did in my own experiences, I unschooled them, meaning I I homeschooled them, but not in a, I'm going to be your teacher way. In a way, let's experience life. Let's live life together and be present in life. And if you have an interest, I will rush to support that. Mm -hmm. But I did not teach them how to read. I didn't teach them how to trace letters. I just left them alone, which was very scary to a lot of people um and i have to say that now that i'm on the other side of it uh they taught themselves everything they needed to know sure. and so in my experience i think that we need well as artists like what could be the most meaningful thing for someone like you and me and i think this expands to every human is to know yourself and i just i don't mean know yourself like at the ultimate where we're all one yes know yourself to be god but i'm talking about know yourself like what do you love what brings you joy what What puts you in that moment where you're, what's your perspective? And so one of the stories that I've shared is my daughter at the time, who's now in a four year art high school that she got into at age 14.
1: Mm, I went to Um, arts high school. You
0: did. Oh, cool. Did you go to Interlochen?
1: I went to, it was called Perpich Center for Arts Education in uh, Golden Valley, Minnesota. That's very cool. And what did you study? Music. Music, of course.
0: Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, so um, at the time she was three and she was really into painting. And so I would get her huge canvases like, oh, you're going to paint? I'll give you a four by eight canvas, go. Like, not like a little piece of paper, let her go crazy. So she started doing these kind of abstract and they looked a little bit like Jackson Pollock-ish. And then I was at Starbucks and I saw the you know front page of the New York Times and, and Jackson Pollock was on the cover and there was a story. And so first I grabbed it and I was like, oh, what a great homeschooling opportunity. And as I drove home, I started to feel into that experience and I got home and threw it in the garbage. And the reason I did is that she was three or four or five, I can't remember the timeline, but... She didn't need me to tell her that there was somebody that did something similar to her that was way more famous and way more successful. My whole purpose was to support her to know her own voice, Mm -hmm. to advocate for herself. So... I let them be very, very free and wild. And this, I even let them draw on the walls of one of our rooms whenever they want. It was just a, a mess. It was just full of whatever. And they could just go in there and draw and bring in dirt and whatever. And it was a lot. <laughs> but in the end, um, I, I feel very fulfilled in that. First of all, I spent a lot of time with my kids just living which gave us all these experiences of like going to watch the suns come up, you know, because we yeah. had no school schedule or going to the museum at night or, sure. you know, going camping and sleeping under the moon or whatever we were going to do. Yeah. Um, but what I did do and what I was triumphant in was letting them feel themselves and find themselves. So they have no problem advocating for what sure. they need. And, you know, they're not, you know, they're not the best at math,
2: you know, I mean, they're
0: learning it. (laughs) But one thing with my daughter, um, Jaya, I didn't teach her how to draw or how to write, you know, where you trace the little dots. Uh And then when she drew, she had this beautiful pattern.
1: Uh So she had her own thing. Right. But see, when
0: we do that, we put them in the box. We're like, get in the box. This is the way it's done, right? Uh But, you know, so anyway, so I'm so with you on that. And and I feel I was ahead of my time and um, I tried to get, I have a a school model called Jai Seed, Victory to the Seed. And I had, it takes six families to like make it work. And I I struggled and I I did it with two other families for a year and it was beautiful. But I feel like it's your generation that's going to do it. My generation was still too identified with their own identity and hang-ups around school standards, testing. Sure. Um, so that was that. So maybe, I don't know, maybe it'll be you we'll guys. We'll see. I
1: don't know. I have no idea what my generation <laughs> will become yet.
0: <laughs> yeah, who knows? We'll see. Um, so uh, your song and this experience at the Hindu temple and everything that we just shared uh, inspired a very beautiful conversation and meeting of interfaith leaders from all different, uh, diverse religious and spiritual backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And I was honored enough to participate in that conversation, uh, last week, I think already. Um, so, uh, we discussed these things of, of, you know, how to bring peace, how to cultivate peace. And it was interesting because even though we were all so diverse, sure. there was truth from every single one of us that was sharing. Yeah, And so, um, tell me what is your hope for Church of the Lonely? And, um, you know, tell us if in, in your most expanded vision or your purest intention or your rawest place of purity, uh, what is, what is your wish or your intent for that song?
1: Um, well, I would, re- I mean, for any song that I write, it, that, there's nothing more special about that one to me than some of the other ones, but Um, you know, I just, I hope it resonates with an audience and, and can really, um, you know, do something to, um, bring them some joy or make them, or even make them experience some kind of grief, something Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. And just to resonate with them and, and make them feel something, you know, and finding an audience. And I think that's about all I can really hope for, you know, and then you're onto the next thing as an artist, Mm -hmm. you know?
0: Yeah. So So tell me what you're working on now.
1: New songs. New songs. Yeah. 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 Always.
0: That's beautiful.
1: Yeah.
0: That's great. And are you living, so you live in LA now? I
1: live in Encino. Yeah. Oh.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah. 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 That's beautiful. Yeah.
1: I really like it out here. It's a, I've lived out here for about four and a half years. I moved here from Boston actually. And, um, I went to college in Boston and, um, I find that LA has got a really, once you are able to tap into it, it takes some time. It's a, it's a little different of a, you know, it's different of a city. It's, it's not your typical, you know, United States city. And, uh, it takes, it's just different socially, uh, partly because of the way the city's structured It's so spread out. Um, but once you kind of find your, your niche and find your people, I, there's, it's just an amazing place of really creative people mm-hmm. and a lot of amazing people to collaborate with. So I've been that's, really happy here the last few beautiful. years. That's beautiful. Yeah.
0: That's amazing. Yeah.
1: Well, um, people from all over, too. Yeah, uh, it's All quite, over the world.
0: Quite the so. melting pot, yeah. quite the mixture. But I think that is, I think that's the power of LA. It's the diversity. And just, uh, I think we have many, many amazingly talented, heartful, beautiful people. Yeah. And I believe in humanity. Like I believe in humanity. Yeah. I believe that we that's have great. everything we need. That's and that great. this is really the moment that we've been waiting for. Sure. And, so it's opportunities like this through creativity, through music, through gathering, yeah. through being open to um, different perspectives, and understanding that every everything has its perspective, and yeah. and and that's beautiful. Yeah. You know? And so we're not trying to create everything the same. That's not how nature is. And so um, I just want to thank you and recognize you. For your expression in music, oh, for your you. level of artistry, for your connection to your instrument, which is deeply felt, um, and uh, and I know that you're going to do amazing things, and you know more and more and more to come.
2: Thank you. So,
0: that's... where can people hear uh, hear this? Hear the song. Listen to the yeah. Um, uh, watch the video. Yeah, connect with you.
1: All your typical places uh, these days. It's all streaming online. Yes, uh-huh. So. Um, Spotify, YouTube, SoundCloud, Apple Music, um, all those places. And pretty much if you just type it into Google, you'll find it. You'll find uh, it. Okay. That's all you really have to do. That's all you have to do. So it's
0: Church of the Lonely. (laughs) And Kobe, it is important to spell his name. It's C-O-B-I. Yes,
1: C-O-B-I.
0: And tell me about the background of your name.
1: Short for Jacoby, which is actually a nickname for Jacob, because my name That's is Jacob. That's so
0: funny. Yeah. Okay, yeah. there's the tie-in. Yeah, it's yeah. your twin as <laughs> yeah. your manager. That's so great. Yeah. Well, is there anything else that you want to you wanna share? You want to tell oh, yeah. the people of um, planet Earth on this international podcast? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, gosh, we've been touching on so many cool things. Um, you know, one thing that you were talking about is uh, reaching reaching the youth uh with the message of peace um and there's so many ways to do that really and i mean maybe we're doing it right now and we don't even know it but um there's no one way to do it and i think just setting out with that intention with whatever you do is going to you know i think that resonates it resonates out there in the in the cosmos and it does find people and you know but somebody being um you know, a millennial that I am, um, I always, you know, it's funny because I, I often don't think about reaching the youth with the message of peace. I often think about how do we reach the older generation <laughs> with the message of peace? Yeah. They
0: kind of, they're the ones who need the wake up call right now.
1: Cause yeah, the youth just, you know, is really just follows the older generations often. And, um, the same mistakes get repeated. You know, That's very wise. So, and I, from what I can see, it's, <laughs> it's the older generation that needs the wake up call yeah. with the message of peace, I you know, it. um, and how to reach them. Cause I feel like there's a lot of stubborn thinking out there right mm-hmm. now. It's just one way and it's no other way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, climate change isn't real and yada, yada. And all these, um, you know, uh, fallacies are being taken for truths now, and everybody can make up their own truth these days. And um, I, that's really just trickling down from that older generation, I feel like. And I, I don't know why or where that really came from. Um, but it was something I was talking with my great my grandmother the other day about this, and she's ninety four and some years old. We were talking about voting. And um, not to get too into the different parties or anything like that, but, um, you know, I asked her, I was like, so when you vote, are you thinking about your, are you thinking about your, your future generation? You think about me? Are you thinking about your great granddaughter? She, and then she said, no, I'm not. And I was like, at 95 years old, what else do you have to really vote for? Think about, you know? And I was explaining to her, I was like, well, when I'm voting... Or when I'm when I'm thinking about these things, or uh, you know, po- politics in general, I'm I'm thinking about okay, well, who who is you know going to th- going to fight for uh, clean air, clean water for you know our future generations? Uh, you know, living in a city like L.A. where we have you know bad smog problems and really obviously some serious water problems, um, you know, why do we not have that on the forefront of our minds? Of mm-hmm. like, how do we how do we make this? Uh, sustainable, you mm-hmm. know, for our future generations? Why is it just, everybody's trying to, a money grab, mm-hmm. you know, when money isn't even real, mm-hmm. the money, the only thing that's re- money is an idea mm-hmm. that we all bought into and all put so much stake into. Right. But really it's just, it's, and we, and we use it as, a, as if it's a real resource, but it's, it's not the real resources are in the ground, in the, around us and everywhere. Like those are the real tangible resources. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I feel like money and the idea of money has has gotten into that generation's psyche and and heads so much that that's what they feel is real. I mean, we're talking about the generation that came out of the great depression. Right, Right, exactly. So that's what was real to them mm-hmm. was money. Mm-hmm. And I think we're seeing the symptoms of that right now. Yes. So, yeah. so, yeah.
0: So how we overcome that I think is by uh, connecting with our creativity, connecting with our spirituality, yeah, understanding maybe. that we, can't, we do make a difference, that energy yeah. is something yeah. and vibration is something. You've talked a lot about that and yeah. you're very tapped into that. Um, and you know, really there, this is a pivotal moment. And, uh, I think if we really understood what was, what was happening, we would be celebrating and it is important to celebrate. It's important to take responsibility for your own life. Um, do what you can. Praising and grieving again. Praising and grieving. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: that's, um, I think that's really important because as we can celebrate, you know, little, Little moments of victories, for lack of a, of a better term, we also are taking the time to realize that things are not perfect. Exactly, you know, like, and it
0: gives you an opportunity. Really, yeah. I mean, listen, I drove two and a half hours yesterday to go vote early because I'm I'm teaching a retreat and I'm going to be in Miami yeah. next week, and that's the first time in my life that I've done that. Sure, because I there there is no option to not vote. There's yeah. not an option. Yeah, and um and I am seeing also a coming together of diverse people just in that format. I mean the energy was quite quite communal. Yeah. And it felt good. It felt That's like you cool. know, nice. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So again, I'm gonna say it again. I believe in humanity. <laughs> I believe in us. I really, really, really do. Yeah. And um this is kind of an interesting podcast because we're gonna go from here then right into the actual full unedited conversation of all these faith leaders. Yeah. And you're going to you know, find some really different perspectives, all very different traditions, but there is a morsel of truth. There is a gem in every single person's offering. And so I hope you guys um, listen to the entire conversation. Then I'm just out of my mind psyched that your record label gave me permission to use the track in the episode. So I'm so thank you for that. I mean, that's amazing. So, um, you'll hear the entire song, but I want you to go straight to YouTube after that and watch the video because you're going to get a visual transmission that is beyond even, even the extraordinary music. So, um, Anyway, you guys are welcome. You're gonna say thank you to me for having Kobe on, so I'll just say you're welcome. <laughs> and then, uh, so where are you? You're on Instagram, and yeah. what social are you on? Yeah,
1: Instagram is probably my biggest one. Okay, um, and
0: what is that? At Kobe Music.
1: Yeah, Kobe Music. Okay. Yeah, and Twitter and um, Facebook. Okay, yeah, they're all kind of the same. Yeah. All right. I, so, but okay. I, I, I really do love and YouTube because uh, YouTube's really another social media as well. Yeah. And. Um, I really love connecting with people on there. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, one of my favorite things about social media for okay. sure. is just to be able to share and connect with people. So beautiful. Yeah.
0: Well, Kobe, it's a blessing to meet you in yeah, person. Likewise. And, and uh, likewise. anyway, thank you so much thank you. for coming thank by. You for and I, me. I wish you all the beauty and all the expansion and likewise. everything you're doing. So blessings. I'm sending you blessings and for thank your you. family thank and thank you. For your music and your heart and everything. Thank
1: so, you,
4: thank Kobe. you.
5: Everybody who's in the room, we didn't do introductions, so if you wouldn't mind, just kind of introducing yourself. Uh,
6: So my name is Soraya Dean. Uh, I think I'm a humanitarian first, um, Muslim, uh, universalist.
4: This is Swami Krishnamacharya. Uh, they call Hinduism, so Sanatana Dharma is our this Dharma. And from this temple, main temple, I will take care. Thank
7: you. I'm Cantor Ilan Davidson, and um, I am the cantor at Temple Beth El in San Pedro, the port of Los Angeles. And uh, I just wanted to tack on uh, to what was being said. You know, I can't help but think of the great rabbis, uh, Richard Rogers and Oscar Hammerstein, (laughs) who weren't rabbis, but they were great (laughs) teachers. And rabbi does mean teacher, um, who said, you've got to be taught to hate and fear. You've got to be taught from year to year. It's got to be drummed in your dear little ear. You've got to be carefully... Lot. right and we have the ability to teach not that direction right. but in the opposite direction and if everyone would just begin to teach in the other direction we wouldn't have these circles we would have these celebrations instead
8: you never see a racist baby
7: <laughs> exactly <laughs> <That's right.
2: laughs>
3: and these circles are celebratory aren't they absolutely yes they are so um i'm reverend felicia helen perizader I'm the founder of something called the Revolution of Love. I really identify as a nonviolence being my religion. I was raised Protestant, kind of went around, and, but nonviolence, love, the path of love, the path of compassion. Mm-hmm. So,
7: yeah. Passion for compassion. Mm-hmm. Uh,
9: my name is uh, Venerable Shanta Sobana. Uh, I'm a Buddhist monk. Uh, I have a Buddhist center in West Hills. So finally, that I want to mention that uh, when it comes to life, we all always have to have a higher purpose. That higher purpose will uplift us from the, whatever the situation where we are. If we don't have a higher purpose, it's it going to become just a life.
8: I am Michael Bernard Beckwith, the founder spiritual director of the Agape International Spiritual Centre trans-denominational spiritual community that embraces all true faiths and all true paths to spiritual uh, realization. Agape means unconditional love. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. called agape the love of God operating in the human heart, Mm -hmm. and that's what we seek to manifest.
5: Mm -hmm. Uh, And I am Zaid Gale, and my walk has been one much like yours, which is kind of an activator of peace and consciousness of nonviolence on the planet and I found an organization called Peace for Kids, which came through the Agape community as a place of activism for me, in terms of activating the principles that I learned in that community into real form for young folks who've been impacted by foster care. And I'm so grateful that you all came to participate in this conversation. It means a lot to me that we could ask you to come share a little about your heart and a little on your perspective. What I'm struck by is how similar the messages are, even though you all have different faiths that you walk. But the underlying principles of which you all believe is something that I hope folks who see this can feel that vibration and tap into and realize that whatever path they're on is the right path to be on. And we just want to continue to uplift them into the consciousness of peace and activate that in their daily practices. So thank you for you all doing that each and every day. Honored by Yolvi.
4: Thank you, Zayed. Thank, Thank you, Pasyantu Thank you, Zayed. Thank you, सर्वे Thank you, Zayed. Thank you, Zayed. Thank yeah. you, Om Shanti 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 God
9: bless Om. So may all of you be well, happy, and peaceful. May no harm come to you. May no difficulties come to you. May no problems come to you. May you also have the patience, courage, understanding, and determination to meet and overcome inevitable difficulties in your life may all the success and happiness stay with you as you wish in this very lifetime and end of this sansari journey may all of you attain supreme bliss of liberation as you wish sabhīti hovajjantu sabbaro govinasatu māte bhavatantarāyo sukīde gāyuko bhava bhavatu sabbamangalam rakkantu sabba devatā Sabha Buddha Nubha Vena Sada Sotibhavan Tute Bhavatu sabba Mangalang Rakkantu Sabha Devata Sabha Dhamma Nubha Vena Sada Sotibhavan Tute Bhavatu Sabha mangalan Rakkantu Sabba Devata Sabha Sangha Nubha Vena Sada Sotibhavan Tute
5: So, you know, we're here because Kobe created a video to really highlight the power of narrative and story. And in Church of the Lonely, the goal is to make sure that everyone is given a voice. And given the context of what have happened recently, particularly in Pittsburgh, and how there has been this really indoctrination of hate, this indoctrination of fear, the question we wanted to ask you all as leaders of your specific faiths is how do we engage young people in activism and make sure that peace becomes the predominant conversation of the day? Because it feels at the moment that the distractions of all the fear and all the doubt and all the hate are taking us away from our core, from our center. And as you all who have been doing this work to engage your congregations in this conversation, we really wanted to take this opportunity to hear from you. So this is a casual conversation. There's no rhyme or reason for how it needs to happen. You all take this space to say whatever you feel is important. And I'd love for us just to, to breathe and be in the space and connect with each other and feed off what is being said. So whoever would like to share their perspective on that, I, I welcome it. And thank you all for being here. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. for pulling it together. Appreciate My pleasure. you. Appreciate you too.
8: <clears throat> I, 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 obviously I'm in absolute agreement that there's tremendous turbulence Uh, happening at this time in human history. Uh, Tremendous distraction from uh, the possibilities that can can emerge. Overall, I I see a breaking down of an old structure and and a birthing of a new structure that's happening. And and when the old structure is dying, there is um, the wailing and gnashing of that old structure. And we're, we're seeing that with the patriarchal system falling the rising of the feminine. Um, So when that kind of thing happens, then the old guard is very loud and very um, bullying, as as we notice. So what I'm noticing is that um, the institutions for peace, the nonprofits for peace and justice, a lot of them who have been working like lone wolves are now coming together. So I think this time is pulling not only um, religions together, but it's pulling a lot of the nonprofits that have been working by themselves together. It's like, it's like the, the forces of decadence have, have become so loud that we have to work together now as, as one voice with a powerful vision. So I think um, as far as the young people are concerned, a lot of the young people are not really motivated by money but they are motivated by meaning. And they're, they're starting to be pulled into the articulation of what's possible. A lot of the old guard um, and a lot of the new people are starting to work together. I'm noticing that in my, in my community. They, they're, 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 they're showing up and we seek to um, embrace them in a way that they're not just spinning their wheels, they're not just out here just being activists with no vision and no articulation of possibility, not just venting, because an individual don't want to hear a vent, they want to hear a vision. And so we're seeking to give them vision and to walk in that direction. And, uh, you know, we're at a, a pivotal time in history and um, things aren't going to happen overnight, but we have to be on the
5: right side of history, you know. And uh, I'll. Yeah. Uh, do you all feel that? I mean, I'd love to hear from you, particularly given what just happened in Pittsburgh. Um, do you feel as though at this particular time, this is a moment for the old paradigm to shift and for us to then take hold of a new narrative that embodies and emblazons a new indoctrination of peace and possibilities?
7: Well, I'm happy to hear uh, Reverend Michael talk about the fact that it's not going to happen overnight. And we speak a lot about uh, this isn't a light switch that can just be turned on and off. It's more like a dimmer switch that has to be pushed up and pushed up and pushed up. And um, and sometimes, sometimes even when we are, uh, are really focusing on the light that's coming in, someone comes and tries to push that switch down. And that's what we experienced this weekend in Pennsylvania. And um, in the Jewish faith, you know, it's very important to us, even in times of mourning, that we celebrate, that we celebrate life. Uh, everything in, in Judaism is focused around life. And, uh, and it's written that uh, if you save one life, it is as though you have saved the world. And um, so we tend to work with our youth at, uh, at our synagogue really focusing on their awareness, focusing them on knowing what's going on around them because unfortunately so much of our youth today, you know, they, we live in a new era. We live in an era where no one has to watch commercials. And, uh, and many of our youth spend much of their time on social media, but social media with each other as opposed to noticing what's going on in the world. And so we spend a lot of our time making them aware of what's going on in the world around them. And uh, certainly, Yesterday, in the wake of the tragedy on Saturday, we spent a lot of time talking with our youth about being leaders, about being tomorrow, because they have the power, they have the voice. And I think what we're seeing today, even more so than we've seen in any other generation, is that the youth are realizing that they do have a voice, that they do have this power to engage the older generation, and to move them, to move them, sometimes in the right direction, sometimes, obviously, people are moved in the wrong direction. But our youth, for instance, yesterday morning, spent three hours up here in the valley visiting with our Lieutenant Governor, and hearing from him how they need to be the leaders of the future, how they need to work together to bring about understanding. How they are the ones who recognize that there is no divide either by faith, nor ethnicity, nor gender, but we are all one people. In the very beginning of the Torah, it says, God created human beings in the image of God, God created them. Each and every one of us is B'Tselem Elohim, is in the image of God. And so, when my students say to me, how do I see God? I look at them and say, look at your neighbor. Look at the one sitting next to you. For when you look into their eyes and into their soul, you can see God. And you can make peace with anyone as long as you recognize the godliness within them.
5: Yeah, I love that. No. Sitting here with women who are of high integrity and intention and what I loved about what you said is this also shifting in the, on the planet in terms of the energy and moving towards this space of the feminine. And what I know to be mm-hmm. truth about birth, because I've had three kids and I've seen that, is there's a lot that has to be peeled away in that moment for that revelation to happen. So I'd love to hear from you all in terms of what you're witnessing from the space of the feminine. Uh, how does this moment feel to you? Uh, does it feel like we're birthing something into a new consciousness? Or are there still some fears that exist, how you'd like to see this paradigm shift and things that we need to do to mobilize to ensure that the vision that you all have shared is something that can be actualized.
0: Thank you. Um, Yeah, it's so beautiful to hear your perspectives and and I resonate with them as well. What you reminded me of um, when you were speaking is that in my experience with my work, I'm finding that it is, um, a crisis of spirit. It's a a disconnection of the individual being to know itself as divine. And so the work that I've been concentrating on is teaching something called the beloved, which is actually being able to receive yourself as your most significant, most divine relationship in your life. And I think that in our cultures, we've been taught that to think of self is selfish. And I feel that this first connection, it's the beginning connection, it's not the connection that comes fifth or second or fifteenth. If, if we can truly receive ourselves as divine and understand that life and creation in nature is perfect and magnificent, and there are so many different variations of life, when you look at it in a nature um, format, an, an eagle isn't going to argue with a frog <laughs> that it's not doing eagle things. And that seems very simple, but it's a very powerful example that we can all really receive. And so I feel like everything in our culture is leading us outside of ourselves or, or much of it, the consumerism, um, social media, which can also be really great for connecting. But I'm feeling that we're missing the, the first conversation, which is, do we really know ourselves to be divine? And when we can really feel ourselves, I feel then we will naturally and spontaneously love everything in creation mm-hmm. because we understand that. Mm-hmm. And like Reverend Michael so beautifully expressed, we are are at a very, very significant uh, time of birth in our multidimensional awareness. This is a sacred, celebratory, expansive time. And I would like to participate in activities that celebrate this diversity of life and find the peace inside of the being. Um, There is a... there is a point with activism where sometimes I feel like there is a hardness to it. And I, I don't want to get lost in the hardness. I want to be enveloped in the knowing and the divinity and then take very aligned, focused action.
3: So I'll weigh in on, on this the piece about the divine feminine and... Uh, what is emerging uh, in this particular, I would say, historic moment. You know, some people might say that's a, a bit pompous, but I believe this is a historic moment that we're living through. And, uh, you know, I, I think there's so much that is happening for us as women um, and that we are rising up. And I'm, what I see that is a little bit of a concern is that it's almost all up to us there's almost this feeling, tone that we're the ones that are going to be the peace bringers. We're going to do this now. And it's going to take all of us. It's not just us women. It's the youth. It's our brothers. It's all of us sitting here having these conversations, struggling through them sometimes. And I just have to, I wanted to add that into the space because I think that's, sort of a heck of a thing to put off on us women, like, okay, so after a couple thousand years of patriarchy, now we can, now we can step in? <laughs> you know, it's like, right. uh, it's, you know, so, so with that, again, just this idea of mitakuasin, um, you know, in all my relations, in all our relations, we are all together in this journey. Um, uh, the other piece is, you know, I'm a, a teacher of nonviolence, and to me, nonviolence is love in action. I mean, you were talking about this, this Amago Day, you know, uh, and remembering that we're made in the image of God, remembering that we are made in God's holy image, seeing that in each of us. I see that in you and you and you as we're sitting here and engaging people's spiritual core. Uh, and the last thing I always like to say is remembering radical compassion with that. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. In Berkeley, I did a number of services. Uh, And the youth that came from UC Berkeley campus, they were interested in nonviolence once it was explained to them. Um, It had to come with a sense of joy and uplift. Uh, And I I think that they they want to pray with their feet. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, they don't necessarily want to always go to a service. Right.
6: <laughs> it's true, so
3: they you have to sort of give them something more um and that I think that something more is is joy, and they want a real experience, so yeah, so there's that.
7: <laughs> I would just add that it's joy and action, action. because that is really mm-hmm. what the youth of today are seeking they are. They are not the joiners of the churches and the synagogues. They are the ones who say, give us something tangible, give us something that we can grab onto and sink our teeth into and make a difference with. And um, don't just give us a service to sit in, give us a service to walk in. And uh, I think the the beautiful analogy that you made of praying with our feet, uh, Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel said that when he marched with Dr. King, that he was praying with his feet. And uh, that's what our that's what our youth want today. They want to pray with their feet. They want to make make that difference, not just speak the difference. Mm-hmm.
6: Mm-hmm. So when um, when Mother Teresa was awarded the Nobel Prize for Peace, uh, she was asked, "What message do you have for the world?" Mm-hmm. And she said something very simple, but yet so profound. Mm-hmm. She said, "Go home and love your families." Mm-hmm. So. I think today, what is there's a lot of intersectionality to all the issues we are addressing. There's no, I don't see as there's one direct answer and there's one direct response. But what I do see is that we have problems we have created and solutions we have not explored. Um, and uh, peacemaking begins in our homes. Uh, as a mother of two children, uh, I can't stress how important that is, because just as much as our children learn to love, they also learn to hate. So we have to be so intentional in everything we do. Uh, I always talk about intentional interfaith engagement. Uh, how do I wake up and go to the temple and see what 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 they need? What is their mission? Go to the synagogue and invite them to my mosque. Um, this is, this is a relentless uh, uh, pursuit and a j- joyful pursuit. Um, and uh, I, I believe so strongly that uh, as a woman of Abrahamic faith and as a Muslim, we have been the last to arrive at this intersection. Um, I struggle a lot with a lot of the do, do, do list in my community. Mm. Um, and of course, patriarchy is very alive and thriving. <laughs> um, I, I don't know sometimes whether I'll be lynched or loved for the, for the stances I take and the words I say and the work I do. Uh, but uh, at the foundation of everything, I think what is critical is for us to see the humanness in everybody. Mm. And with that comes this abundance of love where it is very transformational. Uh, So uh, really, wherever we are, whatever we do, um, I'm a firm believer. uh, I've learned nonviolent communication. Um, There's a sacred space between what I say and what you hear. Uh, And I think our leaders need to be trained on that. Uh, We need to train ourselves on that. And um, that's a powerful, a way to promote peace, speak peace, speak love.
4: Thank you. So, especially nowadays, our younger children, we have to show them way of life. When we show of them way of life, then they can know what is the peace on it. So they want seeking more and more peace, but they cannot able to see themselves. The peace they don't have to search anywhere. Within them they do have. If they can sit quietly sometime, whichever whichever time they would like to be have, they they can see it. And also younger generation, they want, say, right of instant mm-hmm. message they want. And also instantly they want to see it. If you say God this and that, you know, I want to see it. Mm-hmm. So we can't show them, but we can tell them. So hunger and also pain, we cannot show. Same way God, we cannot show it. If they can feel it, they can see it in later. Mm-hmm. So we have to... Teach them more and more. Nature is a god. You can have different in many ways. That's why which is what we believe, especially Panchabhuta is the most important thing, five elements. The five elements, what we do have within us, the five elements only, it will wake up their religion or peace. They can bring it themselves. Peace, they don't have to search anywhere. They don't have to go to anywhere, where they can sit themselves. They will know all the peace. That is what message (coughs) we can give. That's why we say always, we have to respect mother. We have to respect father. Mm -hmm. We have to respect teacher. Then only fourth comes God. Mata, Pita, Guru, Daiva. If they can respect these four, rest of things automatically, they can find out peace themselves. So, we have to teach them. Basically, father, mother, they have to be, show some kind of path. What they believe and also how to live, especially with peace of love, they have to show all the time. So, here we can say, oh, I love you, I love you, they can say it. But how much they can love, that's most important. We have to express them. We have to show them, then only our children will believe that is the way of life, what we believe, religion. So you can, you name it, that religion, any religion would be there. So always shanti is the most important thing, peace is the most important. Thank you.
9: And thank you uh, very much for having me here. So little story, there was a monk and he went to a three day retreat. And uh, when the first day finished, uh, he was plan, uh, he was thinking to send a postcard to one of his friends. So he wrote the postcard and came out and started to look for the post office. Mm-hmm. And he, he couldn't find. Then he saw some children playing. And he, he went to them and asked, uh, "Can you show me the post office?" Then they were so happy to help for this month. So they know, yeah, yeah, come, come, uh, we're going to show you. And they took him to the post office. And then the monk was so happy, and now he want to give something back. And, but he couldn't give anything, because he didn't bring anything. And then told, uh, tomorrow I have workshop, so all of you can come <laughs> free of charge, no, no charge. <laughs> tell my name, and then entrance free. <laughs> then the children asked, what are you doing there? So, I teach to go to Nibbana, go to heaven. <laughs> so you come, I teach you. They laugh. <laughs> hmm? Then the monk was shocked. Like, oh, why you laugh like that? No, we do not going to believe you. Why? You cannot find the way to post office. <laughs> How are you going to you know, show us the way to heaven? Huh? So, it's like, you know, when it comes to life, it's we, we have to look, it should be real. Mm. You know? And uh, when a situation comes to us that uh, we 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 are kind of like a result of huge the process. So it's especially the younger generation, I always mention when I go to schools, you are the latest in this human civilization. If you fail, that means it is not you. you. That means the entire your ancestors effort failed. So you have responsibilities during this time. That with all the sacrifice of our ancestors, and we came to this time, and how beautiful, how much facilities today we have. And then, and during the Alexander the Great, he didn't have the same facilities, but he conquered half of the world. Mm-hmm. You know, Genghis Khan, Mongolian king. He owned, you know, as one person, he owned the most of the land. All over the world, but without having this kind of any facility. But you have today all the facilities. Within one hour, you can reach 200 years history, and get all the. And I mention always that whatever the 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 things that the knowledge that you want, just go to computer and when you Google, you get it. But mm-hmm. still, if you fail, if you go something, if something go wrong, in your life, that doesn't mean this. It's the the world is wrong. That means there is something wrong with you. You have to look yourself and see. And uh, when it comes to why, why it happened like this way, sometimes we uh, ask questions ourselves. And sometimes when the situations come, in, we have to look uh, why, why this happened. So, the way normally as monks we, we see, we always see that whatever we experience it is a result. So there is a reason somewhere. So when it comes to the world, the most of the time, today what is happening, especially with the younger generation, even with the some old elders, we get disconnecting from humanity. Hmm. Because of this all the machines and technology and consumer product, mm-hmm. and we, we lose the, the feelings. But when we come to this world, as a gift, we bring the feelings. You know, so that is the first communication that we have. We we don't have, you know, start to talk, just we cry. You know, that's the feeling that we express. So, we have to transform that feelings to knowledge. And they, that is where you, you become a wise person. So, when it comes to the, the base of the life today, and especially that we're losing that human feelings, and the most of time because of this... Um, huge uh, machines and technology uh, development and as example today it is very rare that uh, even at home parents children brothers sisters or the husband wife talk face to face they lose that ability to just talk to face to face but they don't. they just text they cannot they cannot uh, communicate themselves but this, somehow when when it comes to the real life, when you look for the happiness, that most of the time, it comes out of the human. Other people, other people can make you unhappy or happy, but still, you have no power to bring the connection to your life. So there is a disconnection, and it's, when the person becomes disconnecting from within that, the their own source, they can do anything. So that's why most of the time we're trying with the loving kindness meditation, the very first thing that we, we have to understand, you cannot just loving kind you, you cannot love a person without understanding. You cannot help a person without understanding. You have to have knowledge what why you want to help or what other person need. So then the very first thing we look how we exist. So when it comes to that question, when we look, especially with the, the breathing meditation, you know, mm-hmm. so your exhalation becomes my inhalation. My exhalation becomes your inhalation. Then we cannot draw a line. This is yours, this is mine. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. itself give a it gives a connection. And even this all the cloth and all the, every, the, the the everything that we use today. And morning to night in day-to-day life, that everything we nourish from other people. So then how we can develop, oh, this is my life, I do whatever I want. No, we cannot do like that. So when we come to that understanding and recognize that we nourish from others, and that knowledge will help us to give something back to them. So rather than accumulating, it helps to contribute something. So then when, I always tell young people, you have responsibility. Remember, especially your parents, any parents work so hard, that is the only hope they have, just their children. And they work so hard, they give up their personal need and personal life and uh, give all the facilities. And so you have responsibility to take care and you have responsibility to understand you are a valuable person. So at the same time, remember, that whatever you have, appreciate it. Why you have to appreciate? Because there are a lot of people, they don't have that thing. You know? So you have to appreciate it and get the best out of it. It doesn't matter, nothing wrong with the computer or the cell phone or the, the TV or the <laughs> machines and technology. But are you capable to get the best out of it? Can you become a better person? Are you able to give you a, that uh, most valuable time to become a better person. You know. So that once you have that knowledge and understanding, this moment is going to become one of the most successful things. Even this entire universe. The when the day that An Anthony bode in suicide, you know? Mm-hmm. And that day when CNN had a discussion with the NASA scientists. And he asked, because this news came suddenly, breaking news. And he asked, you pumping a lot of money to look this entire universe is there anything you did you find the scientists told we couldn't find anything but it shows us how valuable this human life yeah. in this earth <laughs> yeah. so then we have to take care of it ourselves yeah. mm? so if you cannot take care of yourself at least for you how you can help others yeah. you know, We all like to help others we always look but ourselves when it comes to us. If we cannot become a better person, we cannot do anything. So at least take care of yourself, try to become a better person for you. When you become a better person, it's like you're going to give the benefit to others.
6: Thank you. Mm-hmm. You know,
5: you've, you all have talked a lot about the interconnectedness, and I know we've dialogued about young people in that space, and I don't want to exclude the intergenerational aspects of life. <laughs> and how important it is in terms of the interconnectivity of all generations for the activation of peace on the planet. And what I've gotten from uh, the young folks that I work with at Peace for Kids, is because they're in foster care, they've experienced a lot of feelings around loss. And that suffering and that trauma is a part of their human condition from a very early age. And what we've discovered from them is that their openness and receptivity to love is unimaginable. And I've learned more about myself through them because of their capacity to move through some of the pain and some of the suffering that they've endured. And it's always a constant reminder to me of how infinite our spirit and our energy and our life force is. Mm -hmm. And taking that and multiplying that, what's been the gift is how we have folks who are of other ages come and share and learn and grow. And it feels as though it's timeless, that it doesn't matter that these young people are. Four or five or seven or eighteen, or that this person coming is sixty or seventy, that there is a moment in which the interconnectedness of things, even because they're in this place of loss and feeling as though they didn't have a, a place to connect before and having a space to do that, then they feel this infinite expansion of love. And so I wanted to hear from you all in terms of your experience. Are we missing something there where we talk about God and the divine as this thing often that to your point, young people feel is out there. And those folks who are in the church sometimes feel like, I need to go to the monk to get this, right? Or I need to go to the rabbi to hear this. Or you know, to what degree do I have the power to access the divine? Are we missing an opportunity to really humanize the connection of all people in our daily practice so that the p- activation of peace is just in the daily walk, is just in having breakfast with your, your mother at the table? or, mm-hmm. you know, punching your brother in, in a joyful, <laughs> playful way, right? You know, where, where have we taken the idea of peace and made it something ethereal that we can't access in every breathing, walking yeah. moment? So
9: actually in, in Buddhism, that, uh, it, that's why in, in the vipassana level of meditation, it's always empathize, it's always uh, a try to guide, to recognize self-understanding. Mm-hmm. Without self-understanding, there is no any spiritual development. So, the, uh, when it comes to the the our personal life, that we always trying to recognize that what I experience, what my feeling. So, uh, we always trying to teach to uh, people whoever come to us. So, when you when it about the faith, before you have the faith regarding the Buddha. You have to have the faith about you. When you have faith about you, that will uplift you to to go to temple or go to church or go to mosque or and listen to someone and trying to become a better person. So always try to see where you are and look around you and see is that the place you wanna be? So is that the life you wanna? Is there any anything else you wanna? So then Look yourself. Be honest to you. So when you become truthful to yourself, that will open all the doors around you. Know? So that's what we're always trying to, to show them. Before you come to us, you have to ask a question yourself, why you want to go there?
8: We define peace as the dynamic of harmonizing good. It's not a far-off, fantasy, and it's not the absence of conflict. It's a quality like love. So peace isn't the absence of negativity. It's a real quality that one grows into. So we don't believe in a savior. We don't believe in a God out there. The innermost God and the uppermost God is the same God. And so we seek to uh, uh, have people grow and give. You grow to have a greater understanding of your oneness with this life peace, compassion, joy, love. Love is one of the great, uh, excuse me, compassion is one of the greatest forms of love because it is the understanding of the lack of understanding. So you can have compassion on somebody who's done something very negative because you're understanding their lack of understanding of themselves and their connection with, with life. So in our teaching, we're not missing the boat about some ethereal God person we're seeking to allow us to see that this is God with skin. This is the presence with skin. This is the way that God is knowing itself as us. God is infinite mind, infinite being, infinite love. But the presence wants to know itself as our life. And so through our meditation, our prayer, our sacred service, our generosity, our forgiveness, our letting go of resentment and animosity, God gets to know itself as our very life and being. So it's embodied. And so we seek to, um, from the young to the, to the uh, veterans on the planet, <laughs> I
2: don't
8: want <laughs> to call anyone old. <laughs> unless they identify themselves that way. <laughs> but from the young t- to the veterans, it's, it's, a, it's an embodiment mm-hmm. of, of, of these truths where we're actually anchoring heaven on earth. And what, what we do is we have the capacity, we talk about the image and likeness of God, we are. And I often define the image and likeness of God as we sh- God is formless, so obviously we don't look mm-hmm. like God physically. Right. So we share a faculty with the presence and that is we can actually think independent of a circumstance and have a new point of, of causation, a new point of, of celebration, a new point of, of creation. So we have the capacity to grow, to think independent of any circumstance, to make a choice, set an intention and then watch that manifest in our, in our life. So we're not looking to anything out there. We're looking to ourselves, to, to have that, that connection with life and to celebrate it, mm-hmm. celebrate it into existence uh, until the infinite invisible actually becomes more real than the very ground we're sitting on. So it's a, it's a dedicated practice so that we can actually be in a situation that we're in today where there's so much polarization, but actually carry the vibration of peace. We have that power to carry the vibration of peace right in the midst of a bully, right in the midst of um, uh, people who are degrading women, right in the midst of people who are uh, attacking black men. We can actually carry that frequency and hold on to that frequency and then act from that frequency. That's nonviolence, to act from that frequency. Not to sit around and pray that hope something happens, but to actually hold that frequency and, and, and act with a level of discernment from that dynamic. So we don't, we don't believe in saviors. We believe that, I believe everybody in this room here, this large room <laughs> is a modern day prophet. You know, where we, we actually are prophesying the possibility mm-hmm. and then walking in that direction.
3: So I um, just want to tell a little story. Uh, about you know just this this idea that everything is sacred, you know peace in every moment So I'm 28. I was about to turn 28 years old on August 28th. This is 17 years ago And I have one of the most spiritual experiences of my life and guess where it takes place Carl's jr <laughs> Carl's jr. In Sun Valley and and uh, it was, so it was, like I said, it was my birthday. I pull up to, this is when I still he had tests. your birthday
8: on
2: Carl's Jr.? <laughs> I, I, know. <laughs> I know. Carl's, Carl's Jr. On her pickings birthday? Were, pickings were slim, okay? <laughs> it's Jeez. a different
3: time. <laughs> uh, and I was chain smoking. So I, I wanted some onion rings, I don't know. Order the food. And I, I noticed there was a man at the drive-thru window. And so I, I pull up uh, and he asked me, he said, do you have an extra cigarette? And I said, oh, no, I'm sorry, my pack's at home. And then he looks at me and he goes, do you want to get high? And I'm thinking, this is very strange. And at the time, I'm a couple of years clean and sober. And I look at him and I go, no, I'm, I'm clean. you know. And he looks at me, dead silence. eyes well up with tears, and he goes, this is killing me. This, is- this stuff is killing me. He proceeds to tell me that he used to be somebody. He pulls out a photo of his wife and his kid, and he says, I haven't seen them in 10 years, and we have this exchange. Meanwhile, the onion rings aren't coming, (laughs) (laughs) you know? And eventually, it was time for me to pull away, and I said, just don't give up hope. You know, just, there is always hope. Just don't give up. I pulled away and I mean my meaning, you know, people have talked about meaning in this conversation. There was such a sense of deep meaning. I had been in inquiry going, what is my real purpose here? And all of a sudden it came in, I'm I'm here to serve, mm-hmm. here to speak, I'm here to write. All from this <coughs> just moment, this, this infinitesimal moment of, with this man at a Carl's Jr. I mean, mm. but I, I was open to it, you know. You talked about uh, value in your life. I had to. I had to be in a receptive, receiving moment, and uh, and from that place, you know, everything completely, divinely changed. So. So you didn't get the food. I got the food, oh, oh. and oh, and I go back to the house, and there's a big bloodhound that I lived with at the time, uh, my my housemate's dog, and named Rupee. And I said, Droopy, you don't know how good we have it, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, bed to sleep in.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah.
5: True. Yeah. True. And some Carl Jr. Yeah, onion so, Yeah, that's right. <laughs> every <laughs>
3: moment, every moment, that opportunity that's it. to engage, love and action. Yeah. But I think that a human being's, I
0: mean, our greatest power is our empathy. That's the difference between us and AI. And so, like we've all been talking here today about, how do we cultivate this connection to nature, to, you know, to this life, to this planet, and to ourselves as this divine instrument? And if you look in creation throughout the multiverse, we are all completely unique. Like there's not another one of us mm-hmm. in the entire multiverse or omniverse. Mm-hmm. And so that is our sacred mission is to know ourselves, to know ourselves so deeply, so intimately, that we then can share that vibration with all of creation and we will spontaneously bless everyone around us. I think that there's one very simple way of living that we all maybe heard from our mothers or grandmothers in different cultures, but it's just the golden rule. Mm -hmm. Treat someone else how you would like to be treated. It seems so simple and yet we are so far from it in so many ways. Mm -hmm. Um, That's what I have to offer.
7: You know, the center, the the three middle words of the Torah, the exact center of the Torah, the five books of Moses says, Love your neighbor as yourself. Exactly the center of the Torah somewhere between, between creation and the entrance into the promised land, somewhere right smack dab in the middle. And my daughter this past summer at, uh, at camp, her roommate, a wonderful young person whose pronouns are they and them, and um, this wonderful young person got up They were in an arts session at camp, and this young person was in a writing session. And they wrote the most incredible spoken word poem that they performed. And in it, they said, you are always telling us to think outside of the box. And why is it that you keep trying to stuff us into one? Stop trying to put me in a box when you're teaching me to think outside of it. And I think about that, that Ein Sof. The description of God is aim Sof, the one with no end. Mm-hmm. And yet we spend so much time trying to define God right. when there is no definition. There is no end to God. There is no definition. And God is a part of all. Each and every morning we, we recite a prayer that says, Elohai shamash natata bi tehorahi. It says, my God, the soul that you breathed into me, it is pure. Every morning we start our day that way. And I teach all of my congregants and anyone who will listen, quite frankly, <laughs> <laughs> I teach that when we look inside, when we think about the science of the breath that is in our lungs, that science doesn't limit. Science does a great way of explaining God's existence. And when we think about the science of the breath in our lungs, we know that the first thing that happens when we are born is that our lungs that have no air in them are filled, because they're filled with liquid before we are born. And the last thing that we do is to expel that last little bit of air when we die, that, that part of the oxygen in our lungs that can never be expelled until that last moment. <clears throat> and so I teach, Eloheinu shamash Natata bi that breath of god that was breathed into me at birth never leaves never leaves until the moment that we die and we can finally expel that last percentage of air that's always in our lungs and if that is the case then we are the embodiment of the ruach elohim of the breath of god we are The vessels that are carrying that breath of God and everything that we do, everything that we touch, everything that we create, and every time we listen to that thing that Jiminy Cricket called our conscience, Mm -hmm. we are doing so and listening to the voice of God from within us. For that little Ruach Elohim that lives inside each one of us is speaking to us every day. And all we have to do, and this is why many of us have the practice of meditation, because it helps us to get in touch with that inner voice. Because all we have to do is but open ourselves to listening to it. And when we listen, when we listen, we find ourselves at Carl's Jr., (laughs) possibly saving a life or we find ourselves sitting amongst other great people of faith trying to make sure that the next generation doesn't inherit the mistakes of the last generation, but knows what to do with them and knows how to make change. When we listen to that peace of God inside each one of us, we, each of us, no matter any age, have the ability to make a difference, to letakena ta'olam b'malchut shaddai, to bring healing and repair to the world in the name of God.
9: Uh, uh, sometimes uh, our, our devotees come to us and take us to for lunch because they, sometimes they have no time to cook. So one day, one of my friends took me for lunch and then on the way, there was a girl came. And uh, I, I, when she saw me, I, uh, she was looking at me, I knew she needs something.
2: Mm.
9: Then uh, I, I stopped for a moment and I asked, uh, is there anything I can do? So she asked, do you have any change? So, uh, I asked, you drink alcohol? And she was kind of like, she, she couldn't tell <laughs> no. So, she, she told me yes. So, then I had $20. So, I gave it to her. And my friend was so mad. <laughs> I was trying to take you to lunch, and you gave $20 to this girl to drink alcohol? You know, so I told, no, I gave it for, because to appreciate. For what? She drink alcohol? You would appreciate that? <laughs> I told, no. This is the thing. Sometimes our presidents tell lies. Hmm? Uh, most successful people tell lies. And sometimes even the spiritual leaders tell lies. But look, this girl told me the truth. Mm. If I don't appreciate that, Mm -hmm. then tomorrow she's going to tell lies. So when we see the truth, we have to appreciate it. And maybe if it is lacking our hand, we have to at least provide with our heart. So that should be our dharma. So otherwise, it's not going to happen. Just wishing or waiting for something without without doing what we should do, it's not going to happen. So, and the, today, the, the most of the time that uh, we get a lot of distractions. And so that's why in meditation, in a deeper level, that uh, one of the, the thing we have to practice is not to get disturbed. So in day-to-day life, To become a successful person I always tell for young people who that whoever want to become successful in their personal life, their family life, their spiritual life. One thing yet that you have to develop not to get disturbed. So when you have a kind of like understanding about yourself, it's like a, a good farmer and the bad farmer. So the farmers when they do the farming. That uh, when th- when we sow that you have to wait for a little bit to rip, and uh, sometimes when you sow, there are animals come, hmm? mm-hmm. and they eat something. So the the bad farmer, they always look for animals, and they and he go behind the animals, he forget the <laughs> his <laughs> farming, huh? but the good farmer. That he understands, that's the way it is, but he always keeps focused to the his farming. You know? So like that, when we have a purpose in life, we all have, that's why we come here. That's why we, we get this, otherwise it's not going to happen. You know? so, but are we more focusing to our purpose or are we more focusing to our disturbances? Mm? Yeah. so if we more follow the disturbance of, there are many ways and you can do a lot of things and you can keep busy end of the day you don't get anything mm? <laughs> but still if you able to find out that your purpose and you, if you have the faith for that and if you put a value on it and you are going to get it there is no way that no one can stop
8: it mm? when she asked you for change I thought you were going to say, change comes from within. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, we, we talk about being unvulnerable and being aware of distractions without being distracted by them. Very similar. And I, I make fun of people sometimes. I'll say, you know, you, you get mad at traffic, but you know it's going to be crowded when you got there. Yeah. You already know it before you get there. So why are you getting mad today? You think it's going to be different today? No, it's not. Mm. so you might as well just hang in there put on a good meditation CD or a book and, <laughs> and, and change your life <laughs> rather it's, it's, it's crowded again
2: <laughs>
8: <laughs> so it's, it's about being aware of distractions but without being distracted by them mm-hmm. that's, that's what I'm picking up from what you're saying yeah.
4: uh, especially I want to let you know we need to teach our children uh, the ahankar which is the ego has to die, especially. If they can together, we together do many things better way, if we can teach them through the meditation, so they can get better life. That's what we call dharmo rakshati rakshita. If you can protect your dharma, that dharma will protect you through the peace. That peace we can see anyway. Entirely your life, if you are seeking peace and peace and peace, there is no peace. Whatever we do have, when we get satisfaction, then we can see that satisfaction becomes a peace. If you are always greedy, what we call, not good, always. You need to teach our children always, always. Ahankara in the Bhagavad Gita says, ahankara has to die. So we, especially our community, we together, we can do many things, better ways, what we think. That is what we need to teach our children. God is always there, whether we believe it, whether we don't believe it, always is there. Like air, when it flows, whether you breathe it, whether you don't breathe it, ultimately we do breathe always. Always will be there. God is always will be there. God, whether you hate it, whether you love it, always He loves you. Like our mother, if you always mother, she loves always children, isn't it? Sometimes, they may get angry. Still, mother loves. That's why God always loves all the children. We have to teach them, more meditation way, only it will help for their health. When they have mind and health is clean and clear, they can think many better things. That's why we have to teach them always. So, ahankara, anger has to die. That is the main message what we have to give our children. Anger leads to many ways. That's why in Bhagavad Gita says, always, Ahankara, Kurodhat Bhavati sammoha, sammoha, Smriti Vibhrahmaha, Smriti Brahmsa Buddhina Saha, Buddhina Saha Paramsati. When we have anger, leads you to cause to destroy A to Z, you name it. It's a chain link action. So we need to teach them, especially not to get angered anything. Calm down, calm down, Santi, Santi, peace. If we can able to teach them, they will be jump all the time. No problem. That is the main thing what we have to teach them. Thank you.
6: So I heard many themes like teaching and knowing yourself, um, and moments that are so meaningful. Um, I don't know. For me, knowing myself is also not knowing myself. I don't know who I am. I say I'm a peacemaker. Am I a peacemaker always? I say, I'm a wife. I don't know. I have to ask my husband if i <laughs> am a great wife. I, I might be in some days, maybe some situations I'm not. I say, I'm a mom. And uh, I don't know. So this this uh, this not knowing and not wanting to know, I see as a beautiful space to be. Uh, and this uh, deep ability just to be present and uh, to observe without judging um, Mm -hmm. is a path I uh, Mm -hmm. think is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Uh, How do I walk into a room hungry and there were two pieces of pizza for me and somebody has eaten it? how do I say, um, let's say, Felicia has eaten the last two slices of pizza, or how do I say, oh my God, she's greedy and inconsiderate. She has eaten my last two slices of pizza. So, this, this journey, uh, to be in a position, like Krishnamurti would say, the highest form of intelligence is to observe without judging. Mm. Uh, and, uh, that has brought a lot of meaning in my life. And uh, even as a parent, you know, I'm a certified nonviolent parent educator. Um, you, you talked, Swami, you talked about teaching. Uh, um, when we teach our kids and when we go home and when the parents are angry, mm-hmm. they learn something else. They're confused now. Mm-hmm. Because much of the anger we see didn't come from the children it's carried forward uh, some people would say for years I, I don't know to put a time frame to that but I know much of the behavior for our children is learned uh, so sometimes um, not teaching anything there's so much beauty in that um, not expecting anything there's so much beauty in that I
3: agree.
4: So
6: navigating that journey is something I enjoy. Mm-hmm.
4: Yes. As parents, we have to teach them. That's our our, our duty, our dharma first. Yes. Same children, they will blame on you. Oh, you didn't tell me anything. <laughs> you know, you know all those things. Your forefathers, they told me this and that. You never taught me these many things. Mm. They can blame on, not blaming, I can, I can say, but that's our dharma to teach something good for them all the time, always knowledge endless, teaching endless learning endless every second every moment we learn many things in many ways that's our dharma always to learn always technically we need to learn many things that is uh, our goal
7: and
0: speaking of my children are waiting for me to get them yes. right now. It's <laughs> so incredible. That's a your dharma you had That's to go to pick up. Exactly. To oh. Absolutely. But Thank I'm, you. I just so much love for all of you. I, I feel so blessed and so uplifted to spend the time. Thank you. And so please excuse
4: my early departure. <laughs> Thank <laughs>
5: you. Right, yeah, awesome. and <laughs> your dharma, your duty. <laughs> and I want to be respectful to the time, too. Yes. Um, and so I don't want to keep you all here as we brave the inevitable traffic
0: <laughs> If you're feeling some healing and you like what you hear please do donate and support the show. Your generous donations make divine throughline podcasts possible. To donate go to patreon.com srimati And follow me also on Instagram at Srimati, that's S-R-I-M-A-T-I. If you haven't already, please subscribe on iTunes and rate and review the show. May we all experience deeper and deeper peace in our own hearts and in the world reflected around us. And may Grace wrap and envelop us in her nourishing embrace. Until next week, I'm sending you and your loved ones so much love and beauty and creativity. Sweet
2: Namaste. In worries and holes